Today I'm going to talk a little bit further on weight loss and I will touch down on the genetic and environmental effects on obesity and weight loss and how is it again not that easy to just lose weight because of I want to lose weight, how our body actually fights against weight loss and how we uh, unconsciously go into traps that is laid out for us and how our genetic makeup has not yet adjusted to what we have achieved in industrialization. Now, I will start with saying that many people who carry extra weight have already successfully lost weight, most probably more time. So losing the weight is not the hardest part. It's keeping it off. That's that's the hard thing. So people usually lose weight, but there are studies showing that keeping off the weight over years, it's what's not happening. So 50 to 80 percent of people who lost a substantial amount of weight will regain this weight over over the coming years. What is behind this? Why why it is happens? If you think about that, how humans evolved and and what was going on in our history, starvation was here longer than having us as food in abundance, right? Because even just if you think the middle of last century, it's still restoration, even after their de- restoration. What is happening? Our body is really, or, or systems, or everything, or brain, or hormone system is um, set for this state that starvation is there. So we have a set point for our body weight, is there, and our body wants to keep it. So this means that if you lose weight, because of uh, a diet, your body will really, really strongly fight to get you back to that uh, set point. Because the body thinks that that you're starving. You had this uh, set point of metabolism. You used to have this amount of energy in your body and that was kind of a homeostasis for the body and that was all good. And then because you start eating less and you reduce your intake, your body just suddenly thinks that, oh no, we are starving again, and and um, I have to be careful what I use up from my storages. And soon after, I finally get back to having um, food again, having more energy taken in. The body will just store up because the body thinks, or systems thinks that it was a starvation phase and it can come again. So I have to have more storages. I have to get through this somehow. To make things more complicated, the set point can shift and it's usually not shifting in the right way. So the set point is going to go higher and higher because the the body or system sense that we have more food, we have more um, available energy sources. So we can just lift higher this minimum requirement of feeling good. Now, when you lose weight, this set point stays high. You have to work really, really hard to get your metabolic rate high again and to keep the set point somehow under control and to lower it. Because what happens, some study showed, and it's really interesting that they were checking the biggest loser competitors and the metabolic rate was really, really decreased even more than it was supposed to according to their weight loss. So their basic metabolic rate went way under than it would have been for someone who was the same height, same weight. 
So the two persons, just because one of them came from a higher weight and lost the weight down, had to be way more careful with what they were eating or how much they were eating than someone who's always been on that point. Because their body's set point was still higher. So they had to just increase their metabolic rate and had to be mindful about what was going on. So the body system uh, for regulating food intake is coordinated by neurotic pathways and hormones. And it's, it's mainly coordinated by the hypothalamus in the brain. It's somewhere behind your eyes, basically a small little gland. There is this um, hypothalamus where all kind of neurons fire back and there to help you figure out if you want to eat more or want to eat less. And also there are blood circulating hormones in work. The three uh, most important of uh, these blood circulating hormones regulating your appetite are ghrelin is made in the stomach. And um, as the stomach decreases in size, ghrelin concentration is increasing in the blood. And on the contrary, as the stomach stretches, so the more food you have in your stomach, the the ghrelin concentration decreases. So they get less signal to the brain to say that I, I need food. The next one is leptin. It's a really, really uh, powerful appetite suppressing hormone and it's made in fat cells. So when you had enough food and um, your blood glucose is in good places, your ghrelin is um, not spiking, spiking anymore because your stomach size is good enough to feel full, leptin is getting into the equation and uh, shuts down the brain center that is signaling for more food. Now there is a third really important hormone and um, with obesity and diabetes around. So in the focus, most probably everyone heard of this one is insulin. And insulin is a hormone helping regulating your blood sugar levels. So when you're eating, you have these two ghrelin and leptin to get the appetite in or out. And you have the insulin to figure out what to do with sugar in your blood. The hypothalamus also receives signals from pleasure pathways that use other kind of messengers and then influences eating behavior. Why it is important? So it's not enough that we have this um, basic system of food, food in the stomach and getting the feedback from that. It's also coming from our emotions. And that's why um, it is quite interesting how when you eat someone, uh, eat something, you don't eat someone, you eat something, um, memories are coming back and good memories and bad memories. They are all associated with smell and food and all these kind of things. And um, we are influenced by this. You might not want to eat anymore because you are just bursting and you know that it won't be good for you, but then you smell the smell of apple pie and that's, that's the reminder of your plumma, and you will eat it because that's, that brings you pleasure. Now, several studies have found that diet-induced weight loss is associated with hormone changes that together uh, promote weight regain. Yay, that's not a good news, right? So leptin levels decrease profoundly after weight loss, diet-induced weight loss. And the circulating ghrelin is increasing in your blood. And these together making you hungrier and they are lessening the satisfaction from food 
and boost fat storage. So that is basically you don't want to have and you want to keep weight off, right? You want to be more satisfied and lessen the fat storage capacities of your body. So your body basically thinks you were starving, as I said before, and it is time to make up for it and prevent diseases and weakness by storing what it can. And then it goes back to the set point. Remember that also I said before, there is this set point and your body thinks that's normal and it's quite hard to go down from the set point. Going up is easier because the set point is easier to shift up, but going down, it's going to be quite difficult. Now, again, if you think back about um, having pleasure, physical pleasure from foods that are calorie dense, uh, think about that in ancient times or not even so long ago, um, it wasn't a problem. But then industrialization and the appearance of food engineering came away. Before that, honey, for example, was seasonal. Fat wasn't so easy to come by. Well, think about how really difficult could it be to squeeze oil out of plants if, if you do it for yourself. Think about meat. So when you think fat, you think about, okay, fatty meat. But then, unless it's a really evolved farming environment... It's not that easy to fatten up animals. And then again, <laughs> there were not many people rich enough to have any animals at all to eat, right? So go again a little bit even further. Let's go for salt. Salt was a currency in ancient cultures. So if, if you pay something that can't be so abundant, right? Now, fast forward to now. You only need to get into the supermarket and you can get the sweetest, fattest, most refined things you want. For me, that would be donuts with cream filling, pink coating and some sugar sparkle on the top. I can't really think anything more symbolical to the refined processed foods than that. Don't get me wrong. Since I know what it is, I eat them sometimes, but it has to be occasional event, not every time. However, when you eat that, and I think many of you will now smile and think, that, yep, that's happening. So you eat this really nice donut. Your brain is just bursting with pleasure. You are so happy. It's like, oh my God, the most delicious thing you had. And you want to have more, right? Because you're so, your, your brain is getting all these happy hormones. But then your stomach, your other hormones, your hunger hormones can't really be triggered to control all these things because these are caloric dense but small piece of perfect engineering now most of our processed food is indeed engineered to find a bliss point and uh, this bliss point is a perfect combination of sweet savory and fatty and that makes food energy dense, as I said before, and it means that it contains a lot of calorie. However, it is just the calories. There is not much else around, so you won't get full. Think about that. Uh, how much easier to eat two donuts than one apple, right? It's way less chewing. It's way less filling. It's just, just empty. Since the pleasure hormones are up from this donut, you want to have more, but your girly levels are up too as your stomach is not expanding to the point to trigger the signals to stop eating. So you can eat more of these refined foods before you get the proper uh, feedback loop that, okay, it was enough. 
Now, the other thing, your insulin will go up high, like really fast. It will spike, stressing your cells to take in the fuel you just gulped in, so all the sugar from, from the donut. But since there is way more glucose around in your blood than your cells need, fat storage expansion will be triggered. So you will store around that sugar. Also, it's another uh, side effect, which is quite um, frightening, that insulin resistance can be forming. So there is a huge sudden spike in your blood sugar and um, insulin goes around knocking on cells' door, but the cells can't really react fast enough. So they don't get up um, that much sugar. So more insulin will create it because your um, other senses feeling that your blood sugar level is still really high. So more insulin goes and then the cells just don't react. I know it's a pretty complicated concept. So let's get a little bit uh, out of this and think about a symbolical thing. Let's say, think about kids at the school. Okay, they get to the school and there is a groundskeeper who have to let the kids in when they get to the school. And the kids are coming and ringing the bell one by one and it's constantly just ringing. And the groundskeeper is grumpy. So first, he will just jump for every single ring and then let them in. But eventually he gets to the point that he only goes for like every third, fourth, fifth ring. So more and more kids are getting there and they cannot enter the building. This is kind of the street has a higher concentration of kids, but the class cannot start either, right? So so the school doesn't get what they want and the street doesn't get rid of the kids. The kids start to go away from the school door or comes a school bus and uh, they will take the kids somewhere else and they will just store them. So this last bit is when glucose from your blood can't enter your cells, they will have to carry away with, uh, by your blood and then they will store this fat. Now this sounds reasonable, but it really strains the body and uh, it creates obesity. And diabetes is basically this, that, that your insulin is not efficient enough to get your cells to get the sugar in. And all this can be triggered and um, developed from eating the perfectly created and easily accessible processed foods around without control. So that's kind of important. So without control, not like if you eat one donut, you will get it. But if you're not controlling your intake, if you want to go radical in this sense, processed foods are addictives and we all know the dangers of controlled substances right so just be careful there and if it was not yet enough there are genetical contributions too to this equation as as short-term changes in our uh, genetic expression came along in epigenetic forms some people get more predisposed to be obese it is not just one gene and then we can just somehow gene engineer it out of ourselves. It is a set of them, quite a few of them, and we most probably don't know yet all. And there is still a lot of study going in what exactly one does and how they, um, how they influence the whole equation. One thing 
is important though. They are not predestining, but predisposing. Studies show that with lifestyle measures, these predisposed situation can be negated. So if you pay attention to what's going around you, eat well, you exercise a lot, you or enough at least, uh, you have an active lifestyle, then you can counter this predisposing um, effect of the genes. Now again, it's a gloomy prospect that so many things are working against us when we want to lose weight. And then, okay, what's real? How to get on losing weight if everything is against us? One of the most important things we all can do is to, hold your breath, eat real food. That is, minimally processed whole meals. Plants in their original forms instead of juices or tomato sauce, for example. If you go for animal products, go rather for organic or free-range sources. I'm not saying that other sources are not good, but if you think that they are more engineered, they use more hormones to um, increase produce, and that can find in the product too. So maybe it's a little bit safer to go for the organic and free-range sources. Cut back sugar and salt and use herbs. Actually, herbs can make food really, really delicious. I remember um, when my son was born, um, I I just went no salt food because I had no patience to cook for myself, for my husband and for the kid, three different meals. So we all ate the same. Kid ate the same and we all know that for children, uh, the salt intake must be really low. So what was easiest, I did not buy any salt. And um, and with herbs, actually, it was so much substituted, all the flavors that we, we never really went back to having much salt in our food. And I can recommend it to everyone not to have salt as main seasoning. So back to how to find minimally processed or reasonably processed foods. If you have time in the shop to read the labels, Go for products with a short list of ingredients and uh, with the ingredients you know. Most of the e-numbers you can read on the labels are harmless, otherwise they couldn't be in our food. But the more of these extra additives are in the food, the less place remains for the original main component. So think about that. Check the added sugar, salt and fat. As I said before, there is nothing wrong with a pink donut for, for a day. But if you really want to have some sweet things, you can think fresh or frozen fruit. If you go for the frozen fruit, there is also a trick because uh, some manufacturer uses sugar to coat the fruit so they don't stick together. So when you take them out from the freezer, they will be nice and individual. So check that if it doesn't have any extra added sugar. Fruit, why is it better than real sugar? That fruit is full with sweetness, pretty much you get like three to four t- teaspoons worth of table sugar in with them. Yes, that's a lot of sugar. But if you think about it, you just spoon in three or four um, teaspoons of sugar. You can drink it with your coffee. It will be really nice and sweet. Um, but there is nothing else there. If you eat the fruit, the fruit is bigger and they also have fiber, vitamins, the sugar in it 
is in a complex form, so it's not refined. So the body needs more time to actually get to that form of sugar that you would get straight with a table sugar. So it has a mountained time when your blood has higher sugar levels. It will not go up to Mount Everest and then drop suddenly. It will go up to some really low hill. You can think about the end of the street and it will be there for longer time. So you will have more time. Your body will have more time to process these things. And uh, that's that's a really important and huge difference. And with the micronutrients, there are the vitamins, there are all these um, bioavailable ingredients that your body actually need to function normally. Awful lot of study goes into it, awful lot of research goes into this, but we, as of now, are unable to produce the same effective molecules that you can have from real food. And then, as I said, fruit is full with fiber. Fiber is basically a complex carbohydrate that we are unable to digest. So why, why bother with getting them? We have a really cool zoo in our intestines made of microbes. And these microbes are helping us immensely. It's like really, really important for our health, for our digestive system, for everything. And to have a nice variety, have a big zoo, have more species around, we need to feed them. And that's what fiber for. So have fiber in abundance will help our microbiome to be more diverse. So... I'm talking quite long now, but I have still not got to the point of getting you meal plans and to talk proper calories, calories in, calorie balance and so on. But this topic I was talking now, I find it really, really interesting and fascinating and eye-opening to more, to know more about the science behind weight loss and why is it more complicated and, and how all these things are just interconnected and you can't pinpoint down and say that you will just do the calories in, calories out, and and that's it. It is still working, and I still will talk about them, but it's way more complex than that. Now, if you have more questions to the topic or any questions at all, I'm happy to chat and um, to find me or to reach out to me. Just go through the channels listed in the description of this episode or visit www.reformyourlifestyle.com and get in touch through there. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Reform Your Lifestyle Show. If you want to know more about me or about my guests, go visit www.reformyourlifestyle.com and there you can find all the information, previous podcast episodes and more. Hope to have you back soon.